the other day I was listening to to my radio playlist, like um, you know, some songs that you used to listen in the radio right. back in the day when people listened to the radio. And I know that were some songs like some 80s and 90s songs like, you know, uh, Lizzie Steinfeld, Always Be My Baby. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Those type of songs I don't want to dance. Maybe I'm dancing while I'm sleeping. I don't know. That's, that that, that, that can be an explanation because I wake up so tired every day. <laughs> you really could because the subconscious is re basically replaying the day replaying everything you did it's sorting yeah. all those files out in the brain so you really could be center stage performing in the middle yeah. of the night and then you wake yeah, up yeah 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 royal albert hall something like that. royal albert hall you wake up in the morning you're like oh my god it's my muscle oh god yeah 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 <laughs> <laughs> Are you ready to be traumatized? <laughs> yeah, I'm speaking of a whole nother pain. Oh my God. <sighs> yeah. Um, so hello, everybody. Welcome back if you're here last time. And if you're not here last time, welcome. <laughs> Hi, Sean. Good morning. How are you? I'm good. Good afternoon for you. <laughs> Wait. Yeah. Yes. It's almost there's, there's five. A... Uh, it's almost 5 p.m. here. Yes, it is almost 5 p.m. And I will fully admit, full hot mess. Uh, I get a, I got a text, good morning, wake up. And I was like, whoops. <laughs> so, wake up, sunshine. And we are raining it in. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Today, we're going to talk about some, some feeling that we have, that we are having lately that's really close to us because of what happened um, about a, a year ago, uh, both to me and to you, right, Sean? Mm -hmm. And you're gonna talk about how we process this feeling throughout this year. We're gonna talk about grief um, because for um, those who don't know, I lost my grandma on December 30th, 30th. It's 30th that it's pronounced, I don't know. Yeah, December 30th, um, the, the New Year's Eve Eve, <laughs> the New Year's right. Eve Eve, yeah, December 30th right. uh, of last year, uh, Sean lost his dad a uh, few days it was, after. It was January 25th, technically, that he died, but I uh, on January 1st, so only a couple of days later, I walked in on him having a severe stroke Yeah, um, that completely just disabled him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, grandma was 69 years old. Uh, how old were, were that? Uh, how old was he then? 86, yeah. 86. Uh, 86. Pretty, pretty oldie. Uh, he, was a, he was an oldie. <laughs> yeah, he was an oldie. Yeah. Uh, and you're going to talk about that because it was quite a shock for both of us. I don't know about you, Sean, over there, but for me, also something that um did strike me at the time it was about october mid-october my friend's mom died uh covid19 i um and i was you know we were pretty close uh, i always when he was here and he called her i always talked to her she was really a really nice woman and november i lost a cousin cancer 
uh, and three days before uh, my friend's uncle died and he was really really a really nice guy uh, really caring I have only good things to to say about him and it was also big surprise and you know two days two three days later my grandma passed it was on the you know uh, during the night of 29 to 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 the 30th and it was really hard for me because it kept me on i i don't know i think i just felt numb uh when when happened because also because i was not with my family when when that happened i live you know very far from my family and when that happened it was shocking to me because i remember that i was was asleep and i woke up like somebody called me and i remember i checked my phone it was about 3 a.m 2 a.m 3 a.m if i if memory serves and i saw the text from my aunt saying that uh, we lost uh, we lost your grandma and it was so weird because at the time i was quite like oh i feel like i'm dreaming you know because it was so i just woke up and, and saw that and then my uncle called me again and he said the same thing and he said are you gonna come here i say i don't know because it was so shocking to me and some people say oh that's uh it's part from you don't want to lose someone that you really love but also you know th those people say that you have some dates that you're kind of you never think that you're gonna lose someone and it was December 30th, though. So, so um, I I was really in shock when when I when that happened. I couldn't sleep. I remember that I texted my friend because I knew he was asleep. Uh, he was uh, he was up uh, because he he always sleeps late. Uh, I was saying to him, oh, "Look, we I I won't be." at New Year's with you guys because I lost my grandma and he was like, okay, do you need help with something? Do you need, are you going to go there? And then uh, I remember that I decided not to go also because of the day, but also because it was going to be a really long trip. And the thing is that the roads here were not safe to, to travel at that time. So I and I talked to my family and my mom says said, you know, it's it's better for you to be there. I don't want to to risk coming here. But it was really hard, really, really hard. And I remember that I cried at 8, 830 a.m. It was when I listened to a song that she really liked. That was when it hit me that I lost her, you know, and everything that is like, never going to see her again. I'm never going to have, uh, we're never going to play this song together anymore. We're never, plans that we had together, you know, my grandma was a person that she never went to the beach, she never knew the sea. 
and I have this plan because I live an hour away from the beach and I I had this plan of, you know, bringing her and taking her there to, you know, experience the sea and and to for her to enjoy and it was really hard thinking our plans are never going to be real because she's not so- here anymore. It's so sudden and it's so final, even though a person might not be in the best of health or they might be getting older. Yeah. Okay. Yes, we know that, you know, our family, but it's still no matter what, like, for, it's also what a, sounds like a surreal experience from that first phone call to the follow up phone call. And I'm yeah. curious about that timeline between, like, that first phone call. What was it like in between? Because it sounds like the first call was huh second one was almost like the oh man i really didn't want to get the confirmation like did what was your experience between those two calls um i remember that i was just lying down looking at nothing mm-hmm. uh i don't i don't even remember if i was thinking if that was real and especially because of the it was like at 2 a.m. and my roommate was asleep. So I felt really alone to think about, you know. And as I couldn't sleep anymore, uh, I was just I was just in a state of shock. I don't remember that of even thinking about anything. Mm-hmm. It was I texted some friends who I like I, I texted this friend from here that that I knew he was up, but I also texted a friend from uh, friends uh, because I knew he was going to be up hours or an hour or some minutes yeah. later. And he, I think he felt it. It was weird because I was up really late, and he said, "It's everything okay? What happened?" So I told him, and he was like in shock. Also, I I can say that I know my family was really hard from that for them, uh, but they were together. They were like my mom, my uncle, my aunt, my grandpa. They were there, and the minute that I felt like oh, I feel really alone to do with this. Um, but my friends here also make made sure that I was with someone you know my friend my friend told me if you want to come here you can come stay here if you want to talk if you want to play video games but if you want to stay in the bed and cry you can do it just they just wanted to be sure that i was not alone Mm -hmm. and i'm really thankful for them and also all my all the people that you know from abroad, because I have friends, a lot of friends that from abroad, you included, that was that they all of them were really checking on me how it was. Um, so that helped me not to feel alone in a way. But it was really, really bad at New Year's because I decided to go with my friends, just having like a dinner simple dinner how, how we always have um and you know some something 
kind of did hit me and I stayed isolated in a way in, 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 a, in a part of the house, like the, the kind of the backyard. I stayed isolated, called my grandpa, called my family to wish Happy New Year. I'm, I'm the person that I don't like to cry in front of my friends. So when I needed to cry, I was always isolated crying. You were saying uh, you don't you don't like crying in front of your friends? Yeah. I'm so team. I don't cry in front of anybody. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't. You know, um, <clears throat> I was crying alone all the time. Uh, when I was, you, you know, do you back... feel that? Mm-hmm. Sorry. No, I was going to ask you the, when you don't when you're not crying in front of friends. Do you feel that you a part of you wants to appear strong so that you can feel strong for yourself at that all time? the time? Yeah, yeah, okay. always. Okay. That, that's that's uh, that's it. I think that it was kind of developed <laughs> developed as maybe a cop, uh, coping mechanism i don't know if it was if this is the right word because my, my think of not showing my feelings of sadness comes from a very early age mm-hmm. so i went to my my hometown a week later if i'm not wrong I thought that I was feeling everything that I, you know, needed to feel in those couple of days when she passed. But I really, really hit me. That hit me when I went to my hometown because it was like I was in the house and she wasn't there. It's where the memories really live. Yeah. And she was a very present person. You know, she was all the time walking here and there, here and there in music. And it was like this sense of emptiness mm-hmm. and no music. You could feel the change immediately. Yeah. You know, uh, it, was, it was weird. Very weird. You know, not to mention the aftermath. Um, it was when depression really took a toll. <laughs> Very strong on me. I, I needed to see a psychiatrist. I needed to start therapy, taking medication. I'm still on medication, but, you know, less than it was before. But I, it was re- really tough to me. Completely traumatic. Yeah. I mean, a, a completely family-altering experience for you and the entire family. Yeah. Um, and absolutely, it's it's interesting how yeah depression shows up in 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 a very strange way at some point in that grief process yeah Um, if i'm being honest it just showed up i think probably almost i i did i had a really good run (laughs) yeah uh, how was it like for you but i remember how your dad's health was before he was like in hospice care uh, not hospice care that says right it's, but well yeah yeah no yeah. He, he was he was um i mean it was kind of a long and that's kind of why even earlier i'm like god it's crazy how like it's still shocking even if you no matter what it's just a shock and it's just, because i had i think it was in 2019 my dad went into the hospital for a, a totally different related reason um he had a hand infection thing going on and then he ended up um in, so he was hospitalized and then he was there for about two months, 2019, came home early 2020. And then he was on the hospice care um, for, 
basically most of, um, yeah, most of 2020. See, that's the funny thing is in the middle of this, we also have pandemic for everybody. Right. And so like, I'm kind of going, wait, I'm trying to remember the timeline here. I'm like, when were we not in a cage and when were we in a cage? Um, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, all of 2020, um, he had nurses and hospice care and, and whatnot. Um, and I was working from home. So I was very close to the situation. Um, and you know, I could kind of see a bit of his health declining a bit, like, but it was kind of hard because like, I'd see him lose a bunch of weight and then he'd put a bunch of weight back on again. And it was just this whole, you know, there's, there is such a thing as it's called like anticipatory. Oh, I got the word right the first time. Anti- now I'm going to get it wrong. <laughs> I'm not going to try to say it again. When we you're expecting. <laughs> I know. Right? Isn't it funny the way that the brain works? It's like you get it right the first time, but when you think overthink it, it's like, what are you trying to get me to say? Right yeah, now? yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyways, um, so yeah, um, just anticipating the, the grief because I thought to myself, I was like, I don't know how his health's doing. It could happen at any time now. I don't even know how to handle that. I was more afraid. I was really afraid that whole amount of time. And then it was... Um, Again, yeah, within days of your experience, um, I remember I, New Year's Eve, I was like on a Zoom with a bunch of my friends and we were like, I mean, I was so drunk. <laughs> I was like vodka and champagne and this, and we were all like doing this whole, like we were doing all of the superstitious things that you could. We were eating all the grapes, one, you know, doing the whole thing and everybody's doing a different thing. Like we're going to make the next year, 2021 is going to be so good. And we do the whole thing. And I woke up really optimistic and I was like, all right, good new year. Um, funny enough, I don't know if we were recording, but the very, um, it's that Amazon device that likes to talk to you when you say its name and I can't say its name right now. <laughs> Otherwise it'd be like, what would you like? Mm-hmm. Um, but um, I had bought that originally for my dad because it was a way that he would be able to, cause he had really bad arthritis. So he had like mm-hmm. club hands. And so it would have been a way for him to say, hey, call Sean, and he could. it would have been connected to his cell phone that he also didn't know how to use, even though he demanded that he want. I want a cell phone. I want a cell phone. Oh, it was like that. My grandma was the same. So, yes. Yeah, so I, I was all excited. It, it was like New Year's Day. I went over to go. So here's actually a funny story about how this works um, or how, I don't know, like signals start kicking in. I don't know. I went for a walk. I live near a river in Oregon, the Willamette uh, River. It's a really long path. I mean, I could get from my house, I could walk all the way to downtown Eugene, if you know, and that's about a 45 minute walk or something like that. So I was just like, you know what? Taking a walk, I'm gonna really rein in being alive in the year 2021, bringing the good feelings. Wasn't cold? Oh, it was cold as hell. Oh. <laughs> but you know, I was, I was listening to like, um, Oh God, what was I listening to? I was listening to like, I was listening to like the Tomb Raider soundtrack, really like, really like movie driven, dramatic, dramatic shit. I'm like walking near the room and I'm taking adventures and stuff like that. I mean, I don't know. I was in a good mood. And so out of nowhere though, like, I'm, I don't know. I'm probably about a half hour away from the house and I have to pee really bad. I'm like, I've got to go pee. Mm-hmm. Now I'm a male. I, I identify as cisgender male. And so I, technically speaking, really did not need to turn, stop the walk and come home. I mean, and th- when it, when I had to use the bathroom, it hit like a train. It was like, you got to go like right now. <laughs> so I was like doing the, the, the walk, 
like that. Gotta go, gotta go. Don't want anybody else to see that I'm about to pee my pants. Mm -hmm. Don't look at me. Oh, God help me. Like I was in that mode, walking as quickly as possible. Then yeah. I started doing went to a run. I don't know why I did this because again, my own personal identification of a common sense would be like, go down to the river and go pee. There's a tree over there. Well, I also had the weird thought where, like, I don't know, like, in America, like, if I'm caught literally with my pants down, I could get, like, a um, sexual offender. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. Same uh, here. Thing. So I'm like, I, this would be the one day, you know, because last year was so fucked up that I would be peeing <laughs> and then a police officer would fucking manifest himself right in the bush and be like, you're going to jail, you pervert. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know why, but everything happens for a reason. And clearly the reason was I get home running i mean it, i go from like a walk to a sprint run and let's just say that when you have to pee that bad and you're running um that was a whole different challenge trying to be like do not pee yourself right now mm -hmm. oh my god so i get home use the bathroom okay fine i take the the amazon device that talks and i'm like yeah i'm gonna go present it to my dad and be like look Merry belated Christmas. I was like, wait, what? Happy, <laughs> did you hear me try and blend happy holidays and mm -hmm. Merry Christmas at the same time? Okay. So, yeah, everything's all in a really great mood. And um, I get over there because my dad lived in a separate kind of um, uh, separate. There's basically an apartment in the backyard. That mm. And so I open the door and he's in his wheelchair and and like it was just like a, a major shock because I immediately I could just feel that something was really wrong and I was like hey and I'm looking at, and he's just drooling out of the side of the mouth there's vomit all over his lap it looks like he had thrown shit all over the room and he was talking like that and I was like he could speak still he could not speak he could no, speak but but, but he was but sound down yeah he was making noise and i could kind of kind of understand what he was trying to say but like he was definitely he had he was in the middle of having a stroke and that was one of the you know so i i kind of was um see and this is kind of the part of the thing i don't know if, if when you were telling your friend i mean i'm like freezing out a little bit here like i'm like uh so, yeah, I went over to his kind of kitchen area. I could see that he must have tried to get something in the refrigerator and flung it across the room. Like, his milk jug, he flung it across the room. Like, I think he lost bodily control when this was happening. And he was well, in the middle of having the stroke. But you were the only one in the house at, in, in this day? Well, my mom lives here, too, and she was, she was asleep. Because... As you said that, some, you know, what I think is that he needed to make noise for someone to realize something was happening. Mm -hmm. You know, that, that sometimes is, sometimes we do that without thinking. Right, right. And, and it was it can one be of those, that too. it was one of those things as well that like, you know, I didn't think to have a baby monitor in the room just yet, right? You know, mm -hmm. This is the experience that. That did start that up and he he certainly had had he was having a major stroke there because i i kind of i assessed the room and then i kind of went went in front of him and it was like hey hey and he was kind of like looking at me really really like his eyes were really down and really confused and he looked really tired and his his one side of the face mm -hmm. was down right, the part really that when when the face paralyzed the, par the yeah the paralysis 
And so I asked him, I was like, hey, you know, can you, um, can you go ahead and um, lift up both your arms for me like you're cheering? And he was like, and he was only to get, able to get one side up. And then I was like, okay. And then I was like, can you give me a big smile? And he was like, only one side of the face. Mm-hmm. And so I went, I went, okay, I'll be right back. And I mean, this is one of those things again where internally I'm flipping the fuck out. I'm like fucking losing my shit. And then I also have to go into like, I go into this, I, it reminds me of the Tory lyric, like I'm okay when everything is not okay. Mm-hmm. Because I, shit hits the fan and I'm able to do a really good job at doing like that nurse bedside manner where it's like how are you doing mr hardy are you doing okay i'll be right back be right back run to the house i like wake my mom up. i'm like he's having a stroke right now she's like oh he's probably not he's probably just being really dramatic and i was like no he's having a stroke right now it's happening get the fuck up we got to go over there like something bad is happening now so flash forward so that's january 1st 2021 for me and um he passed from the 1st until the 25th was a, a long and exhausting road um, where I basically was his primary caretaker in the house. Um, family, Some family dynamics got in the way that it just ended up being that mm-hmm. I was taking care of the whole thing along with hospice. Um, thank goodness, Signature Hospice and Eugene. They were brilliant and amazing in every in every single way. I was kind of like we were talking about earlier as well. I mean, very cut off emotionally the whole time too, though, because I had to go into like warrior mode. I had to go into I've got to be very tough because something I got to be ready at all times yeah. to respond. Um, and then it was um, on his last day here, I had noticed a major shift. And it was, again, another one of those weird things situations my dryer broke so i go over to like home depot and i'm like trying to get these parts i get back and his day his daycare worker is over there with him and i could tell something had shifted because my dad wasn't really talking anymore and he was just kind of staring now we did have to put him on some pretty heavy medications um but he it something i could tell shifted something was totally different but after that stroke, after that you uh, got help and hospice care was happening, he was recovering the yeah. speech? A bit, yeah. He really surprised me in that way. He, um, he, he did for a short minute there. Like he, he had kind of gone from you couldn't understand a word he was saying to you would kind of hear a bit of what he was saying, including so much so that there is kind of a hilarious story in the middle of this because... He was getting really pissed off about the whole thing. And I get it. I totally get it. Like, if I'm that old and something like that happens to me, I'll probably, I mean, I'll probably get real pissed too, right? So he was like, the baby monitor, I mean, I was getting, I was very stressed out the whole time. Sean, 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 I'd always hear that. Sean, God damn it. Okay. And it's like always a stress thing. And at some point we had to put him on um, an antipsychotic medication Mm -hmm. because he, um, I, that would have, that took him from all the way up here and it brought him way down. We were trying to go the natural route of like his favorite thing. Like we were trying to give him some CBD oil. He couldn't smoke because he also had COPD. Oh. Um, so he was like, and that was his other thing. He was fighting me all the time. I'm like, I want a cigarette. Get me a cigarette. Give me a cigarette. Give me a cigarette. At the time I was still a smoker and he was so pissed still to see me smoking cigarettes. He'd be like, give me one of those. And he'd be like, you can't 
fucker because i didn't really say that but like you can you know it's, a, it's that it thing. was it's kind nice. of uh uh not a mummy dearest situation that i wanted to no. say but you know this angry treatment that oh it was yeah it was like you were really stressed out because i do remember you telling me that basically you were the only one taking care of him And he was stressed out because he was uh, locked in hospice care, which is a very stressful thing to 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 go through. Okay. I I I really understand that because my grandma, when months before no no months before November she fell and she injured her back in a way that she the doctor said you need to rest. You cannot, you know, uh, do some uh, things that require a lot of, of physical uh, effort because you're going to injure yourself again. Right. Uh, I try to say that to a 69-year-old woman who worked all of her life and what never stopped. Mm -hmm. it, it's, it's hard. It's, uh, it's, it's she, really, what, really difficult. Did she, try, she, did she try and defy their orders and like still move around? She defied, she defied everyone's... She was walking. She could walk and, and everything. And then the family gets stressed out like, please just take, yeah, take the two days it, that the doctor said and you'll be fine. Exactly. Why are you walking around? She needed a walker for, for a while, I remember. Um, and, you know, but I remember my mom telling me like, Oh, your your grandma wants to go to downtown to see some some stuff to to Christmas decorations, and I was like, she cannot do that. <laughs> Buy on eBay. <laughs> how, how was the response? So so, so buy on in Amazon. Sense, like I, in in that sense, like I, I certainly relate in the sense that like there's this moment where you feel like you're the youngest voice of reason in the family. Yeah. Um, and the family kind of goes, oh, well, you know, we need to give, give the, give the family member their best wishes. Right. I mean, this is, you know, th they're getting older. Let's give them what they want kind of thing. And then, you know, as the younger generation kind of being like, but it's, it might not be good for them. And it's a very stressful experience. Yeah. My grandma, you know, she, she was the thing that the, the doctor said, you know, she needs a walker and everything. She can walk in the house. That's fine, but she wanted to go out, and you know, no, not no, that's not going to happen. Uh, and she was okay. Uh, then she was okay. Uh, but yeah, that happened a lot. Of you know, we need we say you cannot do that now. You can't do that. Relax. <laughs> enjoy uh, yeah. enjoy everything is going to be made for you we, we, like we're making dinner we're making lunch we are cleaning the house something that we already did but my my grandma was like a control freak in a way that if she if you wanted to help her clean the house she was going to be micromanaging everything that you did and that was uh, something that you know remember when i told you that it was like when i was a teenager my relationship with her was like war We couldn't look at each other. That was going to be a fight. It was because of that. Right. Oh, I was going to wash the dishes or clean the house. She was like, oh, clean like this. Gonna... I'm like, do you want to do that, old hag? <laughs> <laughs> Said with love. <laughs> But yeah, that was a reason for a conflict. Uh, so that's why she made all of the things that, you know... And my grandpa, my grandpa is, is the kind of personality that the world could be ending. And she, and he would be like, 
this like quiet nothing can drive my grandpa off his nerves <laughs> so he was really calm when that happened also when they when she fell and she and he was like talk to my aunt because my aunt lives in the house next door and like oh your mom fell and my aunt was like she fell how everything went crazy but uh, yeah the fall, uh, the fall did you say you said was this <clears throat> shortly before she passed or was this within the, like was, a year before no two, two, months, before? two months two months before, before? Two, months? two months before okay. I, I the last time i went there when she was alive was october okay when she revealed to me something that i remember you saying your dad was also saying to you my grandma was with a fear of dying yeah she was like she told me i'm really glad you're I here when you were i remember when you we were doing some voice messages back and forth and you were telling me that that conversation yeah she said to me i'm really glad you're here because i'm not sure i'm gonna be here the next time you come to the city and i was like that's off <laughs> this is not going to happen you're gonna be here you know uh and she cried and i remember that i talked with my auntie about that and she said yes she's with a fear of dying and i remember that I, I talked to her last time on the 29 december 29 but i had a video chat with her on christmas mm -hmm. it was the last time that i saw my grandma yeah i remember uh your dad saying that he didn't want to die that was after or before the stroke I, that that's something that i don't remember you know it was a it was it was weaved in and out throughout kind of a long process because if i'm being honest really the first times that i started noticing that change was happening with my dad was there was one night that i think it was 2018 mm -hmm. or no it was 2019 it was mid 2019 he was in the middle of the backyard sobbing and he was like sean 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 there was some dementia beginning he was starting to have some memory uh -huh. loss um, but that was one of the first times I remember having that conversation of fear of, you know, like fear of death. But as we were getting, as the time went on and, um, even after the stroke, because I remember being a caregiver in any situation is just as much, and I hate using this word, but it's the only word that I can come up with tender. I hate that word. I just hate that word. I don't know. It's so gross. So nasty to me. Tender love. But anyways, there's a tenderness that you have amongst the sick and disabled. Of course, um, especially so, when it's your parent. For sure. So I was utilizing the tenderness that it takes to be a caretaker. But then there were also times where my inner Sally Field would come out and I would be a raving bitch. Mm -hmm. And I'm sorry, no, no, no. It's my inner Whoopi Goldberg because it, it, wasn't, it was not even Sally Field. There was one night where he was acting a fool back there. And he was saying shit like, oh, you know, I just, I just want to die. I just want to die and this and that. And he was, and I get it. He was angry. I get it. People say shit, but I followed him in that wheelchair real fast, slammed the door behind me. And I was like, in my best Whoopi Goldberg, you listen to me, motherfucker. You had your chance to die and you didn't do it. Like it was one of those things where I was, I was like, so if you want to sit here and say you want it, you still want to die. Like I was just like, it, I was so mad that he was saying that. He was saying that when just nights before he was like, I'm, I'm terrified to die. Yeah. And I get it. There's a major confusion. I get it. There's a major, but the truth is, so he would do a big tough act. My dad was this, the, a, a man, we used to call him the wizard of Oz because what it is, is that he would have the big, scary, tough, 
I am the Wizard of Oz. Thou shalt be fucking terrified of me. And yeah. then you pull the curtain and it's this like little like, oh, dude. He couldn't defy gravity. He could not defy gravity. <laughs> so I think he's now doing that somewhere. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so um, so yeah, he was he was certainly we had we had some of those conversations and those were really hard conversations to have. I, I if I'm being honest, I was very resentful for the fact that like I didn't have another family member back there with me having those conversations. I was not prepared for those conversations. I I often, you know, being the person who's amongst the dying or, you know, with a person as they are, mm -hmm. their health is declining. Um, psychologically speaking, I, I felt that I, I just had to go into as strong and, you know, there were almost two versions of myself because I'd be over there helping him and we'd be having those conversations and I would be as just listening as mm -hmm. I could. But I'd get back over here and it would be, did you ever watch Buffy the Vampire Slayer? Sure. Did you? Yeah. <laughs> do, do I'm you a gay from the 90s. What do you okay, want? Yes, I know. I, know. <laughs> I don't want to spoil too much to anybody who has not listened, but you remember season five, Joyce. Mm -hmm. Do you remember Buffy at the kitchen sink? Oh, like yeah. The really crappy, like they were trying to have like some Oh my really God, that, that was... The 19s were a really interesting time for special effects on Syria. <laughs> and so I'm sitting, I mean, it was almost the same effect. You could be doing something, you hold out, you're, you're being that strong, you're being mm -hmm. a rock for that long, and the rock has to fight. I mean, there's little earthquakes. Ooh, ah, ooh, look at the blood. <laughs> but they're literally, if you're this big ass rock, you're going to have little earthquakes and you're cr crumbling down a, a quite a bit each time, um, each, as this process goes on. Yeah. So that would happen. I'd be over there. We'd have that conversation. He was terrified. There was one night I definitely remember that he was like, I mean, we were kind of arguing back and forth. I don't remember why we were arguing back and forth. I think he had a fucking attitude with me. And I was like, dude, I'm doing everything I can right now. I am not, you know, I kept having to remind him. I was like, I'm not a medical nurse. I am certainly not a chef. I am trying to do everything. I'm not getting any help around the house. The rest of the family has just abandoned the situation. Yeah. They want me to take care of it. Okay. So it's just you, me, kid, and I'm trying to help. I'm not, you know, not a superhero. So, <laughs> um... It's not, it's not really appropriate. But I, I, I know that sometimes we think like that. Like, thank God I'm not Kathy Bates on Misery. Oh my God! <laughs> I know. Oh, trust me. And I say, I say this, encouraging anybody who is listening who might be going through the same situation. You are not an asshole and you are certainly not crazy for getting really fucking angry at your family member who is sick and dying right now. It, especially if you're alone taking care of, of your family. Like, uh, uh, in the situation of my grandma, the whole family was there, you know, to help. Uh, my uncle was, like, out of town and, oh, I found this walker or, uh, oh, I found this person that is selling this walker that he doesn't use anymore mm -hmm. and he would arrange the way and my aunt was like going to buy some medication and mom was you know getting off work and, and helping grandpa with the house and food it, it was like I, I say that my family has its flaws but when it's time for us to be together and help each other we are there mm -hmm. uh but you were completely alone i remember 
Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. My family system has. We used to be quite the family that was like everybody, all hands are in. But um, I don't know what the hell happened. And yeah, it 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 was sort of a. I mean, it really pissed me off. I I'm still pissed. If if I'm being honest, I'm still pissed. I I you I, have I all the right to be actually. Well, I think like, I. You know, I'm a really, you know, uh, I'm not a hypocrite, so I'm going to say I'm a very, I hold grudge. Oh, I'm a person I mean, that I hold a grudge. I go into Cersei Lannister mode where I, if I could be at the top of a tower drinking wine and watch a whole town blow the fuck up, I would <laughs> fucking do that. I would do that. <laughs> but I, I, and I think that I, if I, I was in your shoes, you know, I would be like, I hate all of you, really. I do. I, I, because, oh, that's such, is that, if you, can, can I be harsh? Please be harsh because I can't handle um, um, uh, <laughs> sugar coating. Uh, sugar coating. I had a different term in there that, yeah, I think <laughs> I didn't know the one I wanted to go <laughs> Your family abandoned your father. They fucking did. You know, that was abandonment. Mm -hmm. So, well, and internally within the family system as well. Like, I mean, here's the thing. Obviously, I love my family, and I, I to an extent, I you, you know, do. My... I do. I do. <laughs> you do. I mean, I up... <laughs> no, it's like I grew up Irish Catholic. There are two ways that you do this. There is either you know you you um you forgive and forget, or you um use guilt until the death and i it's I, funny you I, say you forgive and forget it's funny you say you forgive and forget but we are from you know your chorus fans and they say <laughs> forgiven yeah, not yeah. forgotten okay you're mixing things up over there <laughs> i mean i can get the bow on it <laughs> like, like, you're not forgotten and just snatch the freaking bow on it <laughs> yeah no uh yeah no it's for me it's um that's that was the that was the the true fuck up on that one it was trauma upon trauma mm -hmm. because um i suppose a bit a bit of backstory on that one would be that my my parents really their marriage was not great they really um my dad was quite a fucker to my mom it was very abusive there was a lot of shit going on there and very common to that generation totally so well you know the funny thing is is that some might so that you know the elephant in the room here hello mm. um is that my dad was 50 years older than i am so I was a miracle. 50? 50. Like Molly Shannon style, I'm 50 years old. I like to kick, stretch, and kick. Wow. But that, that's 50. fine. My, my, dad, my dad had his last child, my youngest sister. She's five years old. My dad is 53. That dad. <laughs> and I, <laughs> I said, Dad, enough. <laughs> Sniff them. <laughs> yeah, there's already too too many kids to share the the the, the inheritance. <laughs> well, no, that's a, that that is certainly, um, yeah, yeah, no, same, same. Yeah, my dad was uh, he was 50 when I was born. My my mom was 30 when they got so they there was a 20 year age difference because my wow. mom is, my mom's 30 years older than I am, so I am 22. <laughs> Um, I, I'm, 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 I'm 37 and so my mom is uh, 67 mm -hmm. right and so there's the, um, and then he was at the time no he he didn't live to see 
87. He was 86 at the, at the time we were all in our sixes. We have a big group of people in the family who must have been born within the same year frame because we have a ton of people who go perfectly on the six, perfectly on the seven, perfectly on the eight. We uh -huh. all turn all these ages at the same time. Um, so that is always another one. So it's like one bit the dust on that one because he's no longer with us on those years. Okay, okay. So I taking, just went off. <laughs> taking a little bit back what I said of mm -hmm. your family abandoning your father. Yeah. Um, because now I know the context. <laughs> you said your father was really like abusive towards uh, your yes. mom. Do you think that's kind of a payback? I, you know, I can't. That is a hard one. I, that's sort of, I see, yeah, in a way. And then at the same time, I have no idea. So I shouldn't try and come up with answers. Yeah, but I, I understand. Say, I would say that uh, the living effect for me when the whole thing was going on. So, so yes. He yeah, has yeah. at the end of the day, it had a toll on you oh, really strong. I, I would say, okay, so. And it wasn't just my mom. It, it, I get it. My sister also has um, two kids and a husband. And then we have... Can you insert the Brady Bunch theme real quick for this portion <laughs> of the story? Um, so I also have two older brothers from my dad's first marriage. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Okay? That's true. And so they... Um, and they're much older than me. The oldest in that one, I think, is... I don't... I think he's about to be 60. Because my dad, remember, he's way older than me. So these first two kids are like definitely within, they're almost closer to my mom's generation. Mm -hmm. Not my... Anyways, so um, one of the two of them um, really had to get out of jail free card for me because it was just in 2019. He lost his wife to cancer. Mm. Oh, yeah, I remember. So, I remember that. You know, really, I didn't care. He was the only family member in this entire situation where I was like, he can do no wrong. I am not putting any of this on him. I am not going to get mad at him because you know what? If I were in his position, I'd be screaming at whatever deity or whatever. I'd be yeah. like, why are you doing this to me twice? What the hell are you doing? This is fucked up. What the hell? You know, like I'd be, but you know, that's my personality. I don't know if it's his. So I didn't, I wasn't even really contacting him. The other brother though, who's his older brother. That was a big <laughs> one too. He was just really pissing me off the whole time because he was trying to come in and take control with shit that just made no sense was he was trying to come in with this sense of like, Oh yeah, just, you know, give, give dad good marijuana. And I'm like, it's, we're not there anymore, man. He's declining. His lungs can't handle it. It's not going to fix everything. He can barely yeah. talk. Why didn't you come on over here and do a night shift with your dad? Cause I'm tired. I was staying up all night long. Um, every single night I had the baby monitor on, I was running over there to help him get up and pee, to help him to be moral support. We'd be over there for a while at night. And some of it was very sweet. There were some very sweet moments that um, I remember there was one night that I was over there and it must've been about, I don't know, 4 a.m. or something like that. And, you know, I'm over there and I think I was helping. He was on a morphine medication. So I'd give him the morphine just to kind of, it would help to calm him down and whatnot. Yeah. Um, and I remember one night he goes, if, he very so yes, like I, like you were saying earlier, is that when it when the stroke first happened, we couldn't understand him at all. Then he he started kind of getting better. We could understand a bit more of his speech, and so I was able to hear him kind of go. He goes, "If you ever get sick, I'll take care of you." Oh, oh, it was, but it was one of those moments where again, 
don't cry in front of the per you know, I didn't want yeah. him ever to know that like my whole thing when I was around him and he was sick like this is I, I, I didn't even want him necessarily knowing that he was dying. Mm -hmm. I just wanted his quality of care and the quality of life when somebody was around to have that sense that things are being taken care of and that, yeah. you know, you know, granted it was too much. I, he wanted somebody over there every two seconds. It was just too much, but so he said yeah, that and be, be, he, because he was in a situation that being alone is scary. For sure. But he also, he also demanded because we yeah. were like, would you, but, like but the thing is that it was only you. Yeah. Right. Yes. And so, yeah, getting back to that, that portion of it. So yes, absolutely. Cause I mean, I really, it's, it's a really dark part of the story and I, I, I don't, I'll just say it neutrally without a level of judgment is, um, you know, like I said, even when I announced the stroke to my mom, it was like, oh, he's probably just being dramatic. It's probably, mm -hmm. yeah. And then when I was like, I need you over there to go assess that while I call hospice and we got to get somebody. She was like, well, I can't, why don't you go over there? And like, I was like, I need, it was just, I, I had so much with my family opposing what I knew needed to happen. Like, this is one of those things where like, I'm a mentally visual person. So I, in these moments, I'm imagining being in the trench with bombs and air air blasts going on. And I'm like, there's no time for fucking everybody going, well, you know, there's no time for a democratic system in the trench. Like, <laughs> I can't sit or any, there's no. That's an emergency. That's, an emergency. That's like atomic bomb attack. Right. Atomic bomb attack. Yeah. You go run over there. I need you over there for 15 minutes while I make this telephone call. When the telephone call is over, I will fucking go run back over there. You can go get a break. I'll check on the situation, but we both got to be doing this back and forth thing. And I just had so much fight. Everyone was like, you know, and then the other thing that would happen is you're just, you know, you're just, you're too hard to work with. And I'm like, what else am I supposed to do? My, I'm, you know, at a certain point weeks in, I mean, I was to the point where I was flipping out. I mean, it didn't take much for me to like just completely shatter glass or scream and flip out or anything like that. And then I remember I would try and get, I would call my sister and be like, Hey, I need your help. And my sister would do this thing where like, I'm on my way. And like four and a half hours later, she'd show up and I'd be like, where the fuck were you? The sun's down now. I needed your help at that point to change the bed sheets. And we needed to, I couldn't get him out of the damn bed on my own. So you're no longer needed. <laughs> what yeah. the fuck? Um, and to retelling the story. Yeah. It's all still in there. All of that is still, you know, we, our bodies remember these experiences. Our bodies remember um, there's that book. What is it? The body remembers the score. Is it? I don't remember. I don't think I've got hmm? the book. There's a book. I'm saying it so quietly. I'm like, <laughs> I hope I don't get the book title wrong. <laughs> body keeps the score. I think body keeps the score. It's about trauma in the body. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 There's the a part of you that always, not only brain, but like a muscle memory of what you went through with your trauma. One thing that I want to ask you is, how is, how was, actually, because we are almost in the end of it, uh, this year for you to process that? How was to visit the place that your dad stayed there and seeing that he was not there anymore? Um, well, I still, so I still live in the, in the home where all of this happened. And, um, as 
kind of the final follow-up to that long story. I mean, it was a very long one. Uh, my dad died on the 25th of January last year um, at about 1.10 a.m. And in that moment, kind of like what you were saying as well, it's a really weird one because I spent so long going, what's it going to be like? Am I going to flip out? Am I going to lose it? Am I, you know? And it was very weird how I get a knock at the door. It was the last night and we had extra nurses over and whatnot. We kind of had a feeling that it was going to happen. And uh, I had just laid down for bed. <clears throat> I think I was in bed for about, I don't know, five, ten minutes, just long enough to get to that point where you're just about to fall asleep. And then I hear a knock at the door and it was the nurse. And she was like, he passed. And I was like, that was that I always think on that moment because I go, okay, so that's how I re responded because I just kind of went, it was very matter of fact. It was almost an emotional cutoff. I was like, okay, okay. It was like, it was almost like there was nothing to feel. So, um, so the last year has been, I'm going to describe it as I think I just kept running. I think I just kept in the motion of stay busy stay working on something. I took a week off when it, when, when it happened from, from that, he died on a Monday morning. So I took that whole week off. Um, the office that I worked for was incredibly supportive. Um, everybody, it was like incredibly sweet. I was like, Oh my God, people I hadn't even met yet because during the pandemic we had all of these new clinicians come in and I had never even met them yet. And I'm, I'm getting knocks at the door and like, you know, social distance drop-offs of like, lasagnas and um and flowers oh. and all of these and i was like oh my god so to be you know in that sense when the community kind of comes in to to really help a person through their their grief it was very very helpful the rest of the year it has just been sort of a succession of it'll come up it'll come up and then it'll go away it'll come up and it'll go away i jokingly describe it as lady grief walks into the room um, and when she does, like, it's always, I get mad at her. Mm -hmm. I get really mad. I'm like, the fuck are you doing here? I thought we were done. I thought business, I thought business was over. I thought this was it. Like, why mm -hmm. aren't you gone yet? You know, an impatience with it. And it's usually, I would describe it. And this is just the way that I kind of cope with grief is I've created this almost like version of grief and she always wears a different colored dress and she's very calm she's got no control trip over me she's just observing as i should be observing myself during the through the grief do you think that you went through the seven stages of grief shock mm. and denial pain and guilt anger depression the upward turn reconstruction and working through and finally acceptance and hope do you think you Ooh. went through this? I think that last I'm going year, through this still. I'm going through it still. Okay, so in this last month, I've 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 had a rehash of the anger and depression. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I I don't know if you relate. Um, I don't. Where are? How would you describe where you're at? Pretty much a year on. What are you? What which of those are you currently experiencing right now? You know. <laughs> That is a very interesting thing because um, my first feeling after shock, <laughs> shock was my first feeling, not odd at all denial, it was my shock, but anger was the major feeling that I had. How because... you, is it okay to ask how you expressed your anger in that? 
Um, my, my when I express anger is very internalized. Yeah. Okay. Okay. But I thought like oh, lots of not only my grandma, but you know, lots of innocent people die and lots of son of bitches, mm-hmm. <laughs> sons of mm-hmm. bitches alive that didn't deserve the lives that they have. And my grandma, who always was very sweet and expressed unconditional love to everybody and adopted many grandsons, including my best friend. <laughs> my best friend was he, her adopted grandson, one of her adopted grandsons, with some big heart and, and everything. And she had to go. Uh, lots of people who didn't deserve to be here they still are here doing damage so that was my thought expressed through anger Mm -hmm. um depression is still going uh and i must say that i'm kind of in a state of denial right now since it's going to be the first year yeah, I, I I agree with you there. It's it's I, I feel it coming. Mm-hmm. I feel the date is coming. I but know we don't want to feel it. <laughs> it's heavy, and I'm kind of there's a part of my brain that that, that is not working in reality, which kind of goes, can't we just skip it? Yeah, it's really and weird. We <laughs> yeah. You know what? Last month I was in my hometown, and I could feel that my family is going through the same state of denial especially my grandpa uh no i'm i must say that my grandpa is going to the depression uh phase of that of the the depression stage mom is is going through the denial yeah uh the day that i left there I caught grandpa staring at the pictures of my grandma that we have in the living room. It was staring there. So I knew that my family was going through something. Not, it was not only me, but as my family, you know, we, when we are together, we try not to kill the mood in a way. Um, I think that that wasn't what we wanted to express. Uh, I know that mom is going through the denial because she's kind of doing the same thing that I am doing. So you so, recognize you're recognizing that the two of you might be in the same same page of same what we're right feeling, now. of okay. what we're feeling regarding my grandma. Yeah, okay. that that's what's happening. Uh, but yeah, I feel that I'm, especially now, something that really surprised me. I think I'm really in a state of, of denial. I'm going through a state of denial right now. Not a denial that I know because I know what happened, but it's like you described that, um, can we skip that? Like, as you said, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We know that's coming, but can we skip that? 
I thought you just were <laughs> I know, but I, I saw that your face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's true. It's true. Can we can we skip that? Can we skip forward? Can we How do you feel? Okay, how do you feel knowing who you were before this? How do you feel who you are coming out of this? I know you kind of just were describing a bit of that, but maybe a like because I know for myself, I've been describing even to my own therapist that I'm like, I feel like Katniss Everdeen before the Hunger Games and after the Hunger Games. I know that I was a, a, a probably a much more optimistic, hopeful person before this. And now I'm just looking at the world from the lens of like, I exist. <laughs> I simply exist. And I don't, I just, you know. Yeah. Um, that's a great question. And... I'm feeling, and that's, you know, I have a really dark humor. You know that. And I post Isn't memes. Isn't Daria your favorite show <laughs> of all time? <laughs> Funny that that popped up on, I think, I, I can't remember what it was on. It was on, it was, um, oh, I just did Paramount TV Plus and they've got it on there. And I hear the theme song, I immediately think of you. Oh, Daria is <laughs> on Paramount Plus? It's on Paramount Plus, yeah. Oh, I'm going to check if, it, if it's here. Uh, as I said, I have a very dark humor and I post memes about being depressed all the time, but I know the limit when that's real and that's like only for jokes, only for laughs. It's almost because, like a stick for you in a way. Like yeah, a, as, as you know, quoting Daria again, there is the episode that uh, the, her aunt appears and Amy and as the when she appears, you know, oh, I know you, you know, the... the and Amy on Daria is the, the character that we as, you know, outcast kids really wanted on our lives. Mm -hmm. She's mm -hmm. kind of a mentor to Daria. And she said something about what's the point of tragedy if you cannot find a humor in it. And that's, in my opinion, where the dark humor that we have kind of grows. Right. Um, but talking seriously, I'm still trying to find kind of a meaning in what I'm going through, what's going to be in the next years. So, yeah, that's, you know, the difference between, and it's so different when it's you and when it's somebody close to you. If it was my friend going through something like that, I feel that I could be a big support system be there uh not help all the time because there's the difference between friends and a therapist uh, <laughs> many people right. don't know that <laughs> uh but it's so different when it's us going through that and i'm still trying to find the meaning of what's going on what's going to be next and there's this thing when i go to my hometown i feel really drained when i go there uh so i decided not to go there for a while because what's the point of going there i know that in a way they need me but what's the point of going there if i'm not feeling okay great i'm gonna feel worse great choice though I yeah mean, really it's the only choice that you can make for yourself, especially with a little bit of that distance to be able to kind of go, you know what, this is my limit. You've got to have your boundary on it because you cannot put yourself in a position yeah. where you self-drain, especially if you're already experiencing, <clears throat> um, I'll just say aftermath depression. Mm -hmm. um, if you're already experiencing 
confusion. Just this is a very grief and losing somebody very close to you. It's really confusing. It's, yeah. it's to anybody who hasn't kind of gone through it quite yet. It's confusing, and I don't want to ever even. I don't. It's here's the compassion that I have to have on the whole thing. It is just. A, it's going to sound really simple, and I don't know. It is exactly what it is, and hell yes, it sucks. God, does it suck? God, do I get pissed? Really impatient with it? Would you? Can you get over it yet? <laughs> can we? But it's also there's a there is a level of, there's a, there's a very small undertone of like. But this is exactly what it is, and I have to take every moment exactly for what it is. I can't skip. Yeah. I can't skip any moment because if I do, then you know, I might really screw myself up in a way. Like yeah. I am st- technically, we are still the living. Those who proceed onward after our loved one dies, we are it's still the living. Yeah. And once we take care of ourselves. So good job that you did that, you know, good for mm-hmm. you for saying that's my limit. I can't, I can't go back for a bit. I know that. Like if you, if you don't mind something <laughs> kind of triggered you, Weeks ago, with the re- not the reboot of Sex oh, and yeah. the City, yeah. <laughs> I really yeah, wanted to yeah. talk about that because we didn't talk about yeah. that. Yeah, uh, just prefacing, I'm 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 personally enjoying this uh, the revival series. I think there's a lot of this this mixed reviews all over the internet. Yeah, um, I was watching premiere day as everybody i was a little bit late i think most people watched it earlier in the day i watched it in the evening i was sitting there you know eating dinner watching and um full spoilers ahead to anybody who has not seen this episode and is kind of uh going i'll check it out later um you might want to go ahead and do the little i don't know from whichever means you're listening hit the fast forward fast forward fast forward maybe about yeah yeah yeah. try and say this as quickly (laughs) as possible um Everything in the in, in that opening episode for and just like that is very um, is catching us up to all the characters and we're getting to know and it's just this boom moment that was really close to home for me. I sort of saw it coming because um, I now know the structure of TV shows well enough that if you do a thing where there's really intense classical music playing, mm. which is happening at a recital, <laughs> and you are it's and you're in the last five minutes of an episode and you've got this music playing really intense classical music and you're flashing to a character at home alone. You're showing the character's wife. You're showing your, it's a montage of different people in with this intense classical Mm -hmm. music playing. So I'm thinking, okay, something's about to happen. We're going South. Something's about to go South. What the hell's going South? I sort of called it. Because let's face it, Big's on a bike and he had a heart attack. So, anyways, here's you know. So, anyways, so I'm watching this episode and I'm it's at the final and this is all happening. And then, okay, yeah, we see Big has a heart attack. We see it's happening. I'm going, okay, well, that's exactly what we thought was going to happen, right? I'm not tripping on Big. I'm not tripping on that. But what fucked with me is how accurately they. In a way, uh, it was I. It was parallel. I feel like almost to my own experience. Obviously, very different because I don't have that kind of money. 
but <laughs> it was parallel in the sense of Carrie goes into everything's fine, gets home, is in a good mood. They just got back from said recital. It's been a good mm. night out on the town in New York for Carrie. Oh, you know, life's going on. We're going home to our family member that we think is just fine. And she walks to the bathroom where she notices that Big is just on the ground staring at her and holding his arm. And they capture this moment of where you see that she's like... And it and, all breaks. I mean, I know a lot of people talk crap on Sarah Jessica Parker. And sure, sometimes she does the same acting job over and over again. But God, when she's got to go into a very uncomfortable moment like that, does she really go there? She captured... In, I think they, she gave it one second. She captured that, like, when you go from hope to terror. Mm. And she, she, she got it. And so the whole time I was watching this, and it was watching her reaction that, that got me going because I was watching it. And then I'm going internally, the brain and the body have this interesting way of communicating. So my brain's going, yeah. Sean, no, 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 don't do it, don't do it. Oh, fuck, fuck, fuck. Don't. And I'm watching the screen going, no, 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 no. And I'm feeling all of that whole experience is coming it's what i wasn't able to do she was able to go to pieces a bit more than i was with my dad but yeah it was it was it reminded me so much of what i went through on the first of january that um yeah i, I it surprised me it, and again lady grief walked in the room and was like hi how you doing <laughs> hi this is the final quarter final quarter of the year want some wine <laughs> would you like some wine okay you're still crying you've got i'm gonna give you all the time in the lady grief is really nice i just don't get along with her yeah the thing is that um i, I hope i don't sound crazy i'm gonna keep anybody listening it's, there's gonna be moments of like lady grief yeah. lady but Griff, who the but you know i th i think that we have our own ways of experiencing grief mm -hmm. also and the dreams that we have with the person like i had dreams with grandma that i remember the first two dreams i had with her the first dream i had with her i was kind of on um i remember i just remember that i saw her like she was in the side on the side of the table and I was on the other and she had like this dress. She was very um how do I say that? Very uh you know always had her lipstick on her makeup, her perfume. Grandpa told me that when she was not feeling she was having her cardiac arrest and my aunt was was taking her to the hospital she said to him get my purse i need to put my lipstick on she was this kind of person mm -hmm. that is very common in you know latin america culture mm -hmm. um and she was with this beautiful dress with her makeup on her hair done uh he, he she she lost a bit of of hair during the, the years because she suffered from lupus and lots of um, other diseases and uh, she used like a, a, a kind of a short week mm -hmm. and she was there and I just remember that I touched her hand and I was saying uh, where are you going I really need you and she said to me I'm not going to be far she, she was saying when you need me I'm going to be there 
and she left and this was this door that she entered. The second dream that I had with her, it was about a week later of this first dream. I remember that I got to the home. Uh, I was running around the house and uh, she, you know, she had a backyard uh, and she put like a big, uh, like some chairs uh, on this, on this backyard because she liked to, to, to sit there, you know, sunbathe and, and everything. And I was running because I was looking for her and I was crying. And when she, when I found her, she was sitting there and I just hugged her and crying and and she kind of like laid me on her lap uh and i was crying and saying look i don't remember if i said enough that i love you but i do i was saying all the things that i wanted to say to her and she was like i know i know i love you too you know that was like and i remember like it was yesterday that i had these dreams and the other dreams that i had with her was They were very, very weird because it was like um, all my family was there. She was there talking to everybody, but she didn't talk to me. Because I was looking at her like, are you here? Are you really here? That was like the confusion that I had in my head. Uh, so that's, you know, a way down. I don't know. I don't know why I, why I why i had the streams like this way i mean there's a part of me that really i mean because this i do believe in some form of a spiritual world or you mm -hmm. know what i mean like I, it's, i'm confused religiously i don't really but <laughs> in terms of um energy in terms of a person's essence um i think that in a dream state i think that that's a perfect place to be visited i think that those messages are ex extremely real for you especially, you know, the conversations between what you being able to say what you weren't able to say. Yeah. That, that conversation, in my opinion, that conversation has now happened between you and your, and your grandma. That conversation did. That was very real. If I'm being honest about, I think that that conversation was very real. When I, you know, when I touched her hand, I felt her skin. I really felt. So I don't know what the brain plays to us <laughs> if it's something like that. It's yeah. so weird because sometimes, you know, I, I think, no, that's, you know, our brain works in mysterious ways, but also there's this connection that you cannot deny, right. you know? So, yeah. I was... mean, a similar experience in the sense that there was one night that I was half between being awake and half between being asleep. And for some reason or another, this was, I don't know, this must have been around May or something this year. And I was having a sensitive, I, I was going through another grief moment. I was going through, something hit me. I can't remember what it was. Can't remember what it was this time. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, but uh, something hit. And so I was just kind of like half awake, half asleep, just kind of like laying there and just kind of conscious and then going unconscious at the same time, right? Mm. And... I got a really strong sense of my dad, like a very strong sense of his feeling, his vibe, his energy, whatever, his spirit. Um, 
And I started kind of having this like almost like free associative conversation in my head. I wasn't saying anything out, out loud, but um, the information that I got was really interesting in the sense that like he was like, I'm fine. I am just fine. Please stop worrying about where I went. I am mm. just fine. It's a lot of fun out here. Um, stop worrying about your mom. She's not dying anytime soon. Stop worrying so much and stop thinking so much. You, th- you know, I love you. You think so much. And a lot of that is my fault. I'm really sorry that I terrified you for so many years with my anger and my, and my rage. I really put, I put you, I made you into a person who's really in their head a lot. Mm. Um, and then he also was letting me know, he goes, it's, a, it's great up here. I, you know, your mom's parents are up here. They're kind of in a different area. I don't really need to see them. Pam's up here. My brother's wife who died mm. of cancer. Pam's up here. She's doing just fine. It's great up here. You know, things are up here or around here. Or I, the way that it seemed is that, like, it's everybody's accessible, but you don't necessarily need to. Yeah. Like yeah, that's the, that's the kind of the thought that I have with my grandma that she is with her parents mm-hmm. and with my dog's mom. Mm-hmm. Also. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's the thought that I have like the family up there, you know. Now, thank goodness, right? You know, like both you and I are of an age that, you know, um that we're not so young and we're not in a perhaps we're not in a position where, you know, perhaps um drugs and whatnot are yeah. so readily accessible. I will be honest though, that um, probably in the last year, Carl, a, a situation that kind of sometimes has concerned me about even my own self is heavy drinking. Mm-hmm. I found myself at times in the process, in the anger, yeah. in the, in that sense of like, you know, cause at its worst, do you ever feel like, Oh, it's just never going to end. It's just not this grief. I almost started smoking this year. Cigarettes. Mm-hmm. Damn it, I just quit. We could have been smoking buddies. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm really glad I didn't. But... I'm glad you didn't either because once you start, let me tell you, that is a that is a sneaky shithead that kind I Yeah, I, 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 I've I, smoked I, before. Don't 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 get me wrong, but I I, yeah. I, I never got to it. You know, this, when you're a teenager and you want to do something. <laughs> oh, I I thought I was damn cool putting the leg up on the wall like fucking James Dean down in Oakland, California, smoking my fucking cools. And I was like, <laughs> I'm... And then before I damn knew it, I was like smoking more. I was yeah, but I but smoking. Because I was in a situation of, of stress and, and despair. So high, and I and my friend, my friend just quit smoking like three, four months after the pandemic started. And he was saying, like, you know, uh, cigarettes are kind of an easy coping because it's quote unquote socially acceptable. It is, and then it isn't because I mean, how many people like. I hate my favorite favorite and most hated thing would be I'd light up and I'm like 10 feet away from somebody and they go <laughs> and I'm like you can't even get that poof the wind's going the opposite direction asshole but it, but, it, but it's socially accepted in a way that for example is not in a way it's not like drinking you cannot have a a, a a break to have a beer at least here <laughs> to have a beer on your mid shift that is but so you can, though. but you can go to smoke. Oh, 
I'm going to go there for five minutes and have a cigarette. You know? And that's kind of the escape in it. There is there's escapism in the in the in the smoking that is like this is my time. I'm running off to go have this time. Yeah. That's the part of the smoking that I miss the most. And let's talk about there's a grief in quitting the cigarettes too. It's that is what really it's there's a grief in quitting smoking too because there's this there's oh any moments you have like because when you when you are you know it's it's an addiction if you if you think about it like I know people that that quit smoking they smoked since they were 15 years old and now they're 45 and you know you have those feelings because they say oh cigarettes relax and everything and then you do not it's the same with everything like it's the same if you're drinking alcohol it's the same if you i i'm i'm addicted to soda so i'm trying to quit that but you know the feeling that you have when you're experiencing something good and you're having yeah. pleasure eating something, drinking something, smoking yeah. something, and you're not having that anymore. Oh, yeah, my, no, that's fully. My friend what almost is... divorced her husband when he quit smoking because he was so irritating. Oh. oh, yeah. You know, that happens. Oh, no, one, one, 100. I will admit I have... I have one of those stupid little smoke, the vape pen things. There's no nicotine mm. in it, but every once in a while I do puff on that because there's this thing where like, I, I haven't gotten rid of that portion, um, mm -hmm. but. But the vape you, of, you have is with uh, no nicotine, but is with the CDB? No, I wish. <laughs> Why? Why not? It's not legal there. No, is no, it, it is. It's just, it's, I've never found the, I've never found the right blend of something for me. I will. Oh, I, okay. Yeah, well, you know that's that's another episode. Is we can we can yeah. certainly talk. Let's um, let's debunk the CBD drugs. That, but well, and in terms of the cigarette smoking too, one of the reasons why I did end up quitting ultimately, I had to have some tooth work. I had to have a wisdom tooth pulled, and I took it as the opportunity to stop. But before that, what had driven me to not want to smoke anymore is witnessing my dad's stroke. I went, oh my fucking god! I don't. It scared me every day that I was lighting up that many cigarettes, and I thought. Okay, well, you know, this is one of those things that you can, this is one of those things that can cause it. Yeah. So that nor a heart attack, um, you know, and I thought to myself, I was like, it was scaring me more and more. And I was starting to smoke heavier as part of the grief thing. So the thing as well is like with grief, you start, it's almost like a desperation. You're grabbing, mm -hmm. well, you're grabbing for something that's not there anymore. You're to make sense of, I don't know. And, and though the people that we've, loved are no longer here it's not like if they were living we'd be grabbing them all the time right but having that access to that conversation yeah having that access to um that person in their life's wisdom their stories um having that access to ask a stupid question or any question at all the fact that it's no longer there it does and because it is you know these are people in our fam family or our lives i mean it's not just blood family it's our good friends who who pass yeah their family members who pass, who anybody who's been of great influence in our lives, um, who are no longer with us, it is that 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 void and that emptiness. If I wasn't so damn scared of you know the end result of that, I might go ahead and grab a bunch of pills, you know, not mm -hmm. to kill myself, but like I'm I might want to get I might want to live on a fucking cloud right now. I might want to be. I, I I believe it's that uh, we think. It's not true many times, but we think that we have nothing to lose anymore. Right. So, you know, 
as Starry said, you only know when you know it, but you only know when you know your limits as well. Oh, I start, I mean, yeah, no, I, yeah, it's, um, yeah, I, I, I do feel that that is, I think that if there was a line and, and, and let me know if you agree or disagree, but if there was a fucking line that really summarized 2021, it would be like, you only know when you know this because, <laughs> oh God. And it just keeps recycling into more surprises. Not very so, good ones. Not very good ones. Um, <laughs> Omicron. Oh, please. <sighs> oh my God. And there's a point that it, I must say, going back to obviously the root of this um, of this episode, the laughter has to come at some yeah. point. Uh, grief exists, but it's. I always find that the way to try and get out of it is like, like we were just kind of wrapping up on is like humor and like. Of course. Kind of yeah, that's and I think I it's a it's a great. It coping mechanism mm -hmm. like you know same thing like when i when i find myself sad in the stage of sadness and grief i trying to look at this in a you know funny way not only grief but you know that in some funny memories with my grandma for example mm -hmm. or I remember that my my grandpa said something about what, something that he wanted to do around the house, and I said because he said, "Oh, your grandma wanted to do that and that, but I think it's better that." And I was like, "Grandpa, enjoy that he's she's not here anymore, and you're not gonna be hearing all the time. No, you need to do like this, like this." And we started laughing. Mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. that's that's a way of coping with that. Oh, I remember when my dad was, um, I think it was about a week before he died and he was on said medication that we had to place him on. Um, and it took him from being in a really bad mood to a really good mood. Like uh -huh. so good. Such a, I, and I had never known this man to be ever in that good, good mood. And I thought, <laughs> I kept telling the nurses, I was like, should we have put him on this Haldol? Really? <laughs> I mean, it's an antipsychotic. Anyways. Um, like what name of the, what's the name of that medication? <laughs> washing the dishes and he's wash he's watching the news and he and and we're talking like he was waking up really in a great mood. I had the most wonderful dream that I was having a really light lunch with Meryl Streep and she's really not like he was I was like okay okay. Your dad was like that? He was he was having dreams that he was like having lunch and dinner <laughs> with Meryl Streep and um, ah! really cool stuff. And then I was I was like, I was like Jealous? I want to have lunch with Meryl Streep. I was yeah. like, she has a world of knowledge that you guys were sharing, right? And he's like, yeah, she's yeah, she's she's kind of contained to herself, but she's really nice. And I was like, okay. And he was like, yeah. And it was it was kind of like talking with a kid, but it, anyway. So I was like washing dishes, you know, or making him breakfast at some point. And there was a newscaster on <laughs> on the news, and um, I didn't see the TV, but I'm assuming that the woman on the television had. Um, some Dolly Partons, if you know what I mean. Oh. My dad goes, Sean. I go, yeah. He goes, I like tits. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, consciously in my brain, I was like, well, I can't say that I like them myself, if you know what I mean. But at the same time, too, I can appreciate that. I, and so I just kind of sat there and I was like, I'm, what? And he was like, yeah, I like tits. But yeah, but they're, I'm they're... glad. And I go, I'm glad you do, because I wouldn't be here if you didn't. Uh, like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> I wouldn't be fad. I didn't, I didn't know what else to say. I was like, okay. But it just, to me, I think, you know, even though the, um, like you were saying too, is like either in the aftermath or in the, in the pre, 
cursor to the event, um, there are those moments where those are the stories we will tell along with, you know, obviously it's never to take away from how hard that the experience of bringing yeah. a loved one to death, witnessing somebody that we love die, the yeah. finality of it. Um, the, the, you can't go back. There's no refund on this. No, it's not a little game that's played like, Hey, Hey, it's a prank. <laughs> they were just waiting in the back room the whole time to see if yeah. you really loved how, them. Uh, uh, <laughs> what's the name of the guy? I remember, I, uh, like, uh, oh, what Kutcher? would you do? What would you do? I think it's the, oh. the, the thing. Oh, on like on the news here, the, what would you do show? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, like, oh, this lesbian waitress yes. uh, had her received no tick because this family said it doesn't agree with her lifestyle. Right. What right. would you do? You know, right. and there is no what would you do in this case. We have to face the reality of it. Great way of, absolutely great way of saying that because there really is no, I mean, I've witnessed other people go through grief and I kind of go, oh, you know, it's like, and you even said it earlier, which is, you know, is, um, is there are these, uh, yeah, if it's somebody else, if it, you're not, if you are not right there in the situation, it's so much easier to look at somebody else's yeah. um, experience and kind of go, I'm there with you, but you know, I hate to say it. Sometimes it's a little bit like, thank God I'm not in it. Mm -hmm. I, to, I mean, it, yeah, it's only that is true. for me to admit that. It's only human for me to admit that. Like, thank God that's not me right now. I would not want to be going. Exactly, that. exactly. That is true. There is like a Taurus song called "Good Grief," mm -hmm. and she said something that is so true. That is like, "Good grief, baby. There is no such thing." That for me my interpretation of grief is hard you're gonna feel miserable but you need to feel it yeah grief is really bitchy yeah <laughs> grief is really yeah she's and the yet... waitress she's the waitress and yet you can only choose to become <laughs> she's really a cornflake girl she's a total cornflake girl <laughs> she's a cornflake girl <laughs> i mean oh my god she'll rip you to shreds yeah she's she will just she wants to slap you around and but Then there's that part where, like, it's an I believe it's an illusion yeah. in that sense. I believe that through it, we, have, we do have to make active choice. I, I am choosing to make active choices. Yes, I can get as angry as I want to, but I know that I can't live with that anger forever. So yeah. I have to find a way. I have got to find a way to get past all yeah. of that. Exactly. And something that I actually, when you said it earlier, and I know you were like, we got to wrap this up. And now I'm like, I've got another hour for everybody. <laughs> something you said earlier, but damn it, it just, uh, it just clipped my mind. Um, damn it, I got to stop doing that. I got to just. Um, well, upon a replay, I will probably. <laughs> I probably remember, but probably no problem. Remember, but it'll be too late for the conversation. But. Uh, Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 That was it, you guys. Thank you for listening. Yes. And yeah, because it, this subject, as other subjects that we're going to cover, has a lot to unfold. Not a simple thing. But thank you. You remember? <laughs> yes, I do. What um, is your your friend who who mentioned that the first year is the hardest? Oh yeah. When you were saying that, what came up for me was, um, was 
a fear of, you know, you want to hold on a little bit to some of the grief. I mm-hmm. don't know. There's a part of me that would want to hold on to some of the grief because if at a, if it gets easier after a year, then to me it feels like, oh my God, they're really gone. Oh my God, I'm letting them go. Oh my God, mm-hmm. they're leaving kind of thing, right? So that's perhaps you and I do the same podcast in um, at the end of 2022 and we kind of go, all right, let's see where the hell we're at on this because <laughs> it would be really interesting to hear, you know, in what, a sense, what ha- yeah. how much uh, more healing did happen. Yeah. That that makes that makes sense actually, yeah. And again, thank you for listening. <laughs> <laughs> I, know, I know, I'm like, I'm like, my last. Word. <laughs> so. Yeah. See you in the next episode, and yes. until that, have a good one.